Okay. We're we're recording. So what we're going to do is a what? No, you're fine. What? Notice how his voice changed. <laughs> well, now it's on tape. <laughs> Start it again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did. I did notice it though. When I, I didn't notice it until you mentioned it, but yeah. What did he do? Just his voice changed when, when we're, gonna, we're recording now. Yeah, <laughs> I have reached puberty. <laughs> All right. So everybody went service today. So we learned about forgiveness. Um, I, I'm going to ask you guys to repeat a prayer after me. Uh, is there something actually, and let's just be honest here, it's a small, intimate enough group. You don't have to raise your hands or anything. But are there things you're still having difficulty forgiving? Absolutely. Wondering, you know, when when I'm I going to be able to really forgive this one? So and that's forgiveness of others, of ourselves, yeah. of God, of yeah. you know. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to ask you guys to pray after me. Father God, Father God, bring to mind, bring to mind something I am having difficulty. Something I'm having difficulty actually forgiving. Actually forgiving. Someone or something. Someone or something. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hold that. And we're going to deal with that at the end. All right. We're going to deal with that at the end. What have you guys, what did you guys learn about forgiveness in uh, service today? God spoke about it. God spoke about it. I like how he... Um, talked about God's uh, whispering, whispering yeah. okay. in that verse. Yeah. yeah. That really, like, really, out of all the things that He whispered, it like, yeah. That, like, I think that's the gentleman part of God. Okay. Is in spite of, I could kick the door down and say forgive, but right. He's saying gently to us. That's how. Okay. You know. That's how this is. So the way He did that was yeah. really effective. It was big. Okay. Okay. I like that he made it a point that there's a difference between forgiveness and restoration of trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah, that's a very important distinction. Because yeah. I've always been taught, oh, forgive, forgive, and I'm always my parents, you know, let it happen all over again. Oh, you got it right. It said forgive, but so I, you know, had to deal with a lot of domestic violence growing up and throughout my two marriages and so just freshly coming out of it myself it's something I needed to hear. Okay, good. I remember we were talking about forgiveness many years ago. We were still in 105 downstairs and I still remember this one uh, woman sharing she's because she takes a lot of criticism from her sister because her sister says, well, you're, you're a Christian, you're supposed to forgive. And I asked her, is, is your sister saved? And she said, no. And I said, then why are you letting an unsaved person dictate to you what forgiveness actually looks like? Because they have no concept of what forgiveness looks like. They're not saved. I said, so why are you doing And that something like broken her, it's like, yeah, why am I? You know, that realization. So Because the sister's perspective was, well, if you've really forgiven me, then you'll allow me to do right. and continue do it over again. Yeah. 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 You know, that, from that person's perspective, forgiveness yeah. means 
life just goes on like normal and I can continue doing whatever I want. Yeah. Um, which is not exactly, it's not a biblical framework for forgiveness. So since all that is true, why is there those things or that person sometimes we just how man, come we don't forgive? How, how come we don't forgive? Like you said, don't minimize it because the sin that they've done, the wrongful act that's been performed is real. It's true. It's like, yeah, it's wrong. You know, you wronged me. Yeah. And we want that revenge. The part, part that stuck with me was when you can't forgive that person, you're the one that's bound. Yeah. But how many of us, honestly, I mean, especially, I think I know people in this room well enough. Do we want to hold on to that unforgiveness? But we just seem to be stuck at a point. Well, I mean, sometimes for a short time. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Even for a long time. Okay, even for a long time. Sometimes it feels good on a selfish human level to, 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 to put all your anger and hate and whatever into that. Person or it doesn't really feel good. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't appease it. It just, you know. Um, but is it something that you would choose to hold on to, or you just hold on to it? Does that make sense? Sometimes I think we don't we don't have the community of people, or others have not created that safe space for us to just process through it. Because it does take time. It's not an overnight process. It takes time and it takes a community of people that love you and really see how the unforgiveness that have, may have created um, painful things in your life where you, we talked about the pain of it all and that's how pain looks sometimes. It shows up with unforgiveness. Well, and I think that, um, I don't know if you wanted to go transitional. Go ahead. I think that a lot of times the greatest obstacle to actually forgiving is the fact that our hurt hasn't been comforted. You know, forgiveness is, is an action. Okay, it's forgiveness not, is a command. It's a command. It's not an emotion. It's not emotion. Well, I think that. you pointed out to me in service, forgiveness or unforgiveness is hard. A lot mm -hmm. of times, yeah. yeah. That's why I say it's a process because a lot of times you have to do it by faith. Yeah. I forgive you by faith. And that's, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. But, and, and here's where it becomes a long drawn out <laughs> process. You know, we were at Cleansing Stream yesterday. Good time to share that story. We were at cleansing stream yesterday. And this is why I had you pray that prayer, actually. Because we were at cleansing stream yesterday, and this one young lady came up to me. It was towards the end. And she was sharing with me a struggle that she's having and forgiving. And, and she's gone to therapy. She's been, she, knows what to, she knows God's word. She knows she's supposed to forgive. But this keeps coming up in her, coming up in her, coming up in her. And she doesn't know how to handle it. And it's getting to the point, you know, she has two kids. She doesn't want that going on there. And her husband, you just have to get past this. 
Just get over it. Have we have we, we heard, heard that heard language? That or yes. said that. Yes. We've heard that. We've heard it or we've said it. And chances are we've done both. Okay? So I said, you know, I I I, I said, okay. I said, do you, are you good at hearing God's voice? She goes, not really, because, you know, there's these blocks and everything else. And, you know, I've gone to therapy. I've done this. I've done that. All right. I said, well, okay, we're going to try something different. Okay, I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, and she repeated the prayer. Father God, show me the door, the open door through which this came. Just show me. I said, then you describe the picture for me. She had the picture within a moment. And she described the picture for me. I said, that's great. Now, God's word said, and God's word said, he is omnipresent, so he is everywhere at every moment. So now ask God where he was in that moment of that open door. Just ask God to show you where he was. And she got a picture of where he was in the room. Get this. I said, okay, now ask God how he felt about what happened to you. And she started to cry. Because it was at that moment that she realized that her Father in Heaven actually felt what she was feeling. Felt the hurt. Felt the pain. And there is nothing, I don't think there's anything more comforting than knowing God hurts with you. That He's there, that He's present, and He's actually feeling that emotion that you were feeling. And something broke in her. Something broke in her. I said, are you ready now? You know, brought comfort in that moment. And said, you know, can I give you a father's hug and that? And, and she was able to receive that. I said, okay, now given that, given that, are you able to move into forgiveness? And she was able to move into forgiveness. And I, you know, and we talked about God's voice and everything else, and she was able to hear God's voice. And so it was really cool the way that whole thing worked out. But what was missing in that moment, she never received comfort. She was told you have to forgive. She was told if you don't forgive, these are the consequences you're going to have for yourself. And she was told, like we all say, forgiveness is a process, and yeah. you just have to keep walking it out. But no matter how much she chose, um, okay, I'm going to forgive that person. It kept coming it back. It kept coming back. Because there was an ingredient that was missing in the process that she was never receiving. She never received comfort for that thing. So what you just described was, what I heard you say was, you were being the hands and feet of Christ and being that comfort that she needed. Actually, God provided that comfort. Through you. No. No. God actually provided that comfort because she heard God's, I was feeling this for you. I just well, taught her to ask the right question. Right, you were there to help her get to that place. Connect with God. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to, uh, that's all I did was help her connect with God, but God did all that. Isn't, it, isn't that how we help come alongside and come yes, and, and that's And that's a, a lot of times, a lot of that, a lot of times, I mean, in that setting, um, with another believer, for sure, you know, okay, you hear the voice of God, ask God, and, and the person hears and has that relationship. But a lot of the people that we walk with don't 
have that capability to sit there and say, okay, Lord, where were you? Okay, Lord, you know. So what can we do? What can we do? Can I mean, we do? and that that's the point. You know, are we are we comforting? And when we say comforting, um, there's actually some things in. Um, here. I want to read this directly from the book. Um, what do we want to do here? Here. Um, yeah. The whole story? Uh, no, it's just this and this. Yeah. And this. yeah. Okay. So um, the the highlight of the italicized in this relational wellness book. Um, this is when forgiveness is attempted without hurt being comforted. Anger may resurface at a later time. Yeah. So what happens? We Have we experienced that? Yeah. yeah. Well, is it because the comfort is validating? Is yeah, there validation like, yeah. within the comfort? Is that? Did it actually invalidates you when, like, there's no comfort giving? Like, you're like, what's going on in my family? I'm having such a hard time even moving past stuff that happened in my childhood because they're like, oh, just get past it. Like, they don't acknowledge the drawing that they've done. And then, like, they behave in the same manner now. So there's no moving past that ever, like, with them. So it's like we're at a point where we literally we have to only spend two hours at a time with them or things turn into a problem because it's like, oh, it turns into it's all about you. But no, it, the thing is, I can't move past that pain because they're, they're you thinking I'm a brat because there's things I can't move past. But the thing is, of course I was a brat. I was a kid. Who wasn't a brat when they were a kid, right? So it's like there's things that they're not moving past and they've got resentment towards me. So everyone's like holding resentment towards and there's no comfort given. You know, they get no comfort towards me because I'm like, okay, well, I was a kid. He should have been a parent. And then it's like they give no comfort to to me because I'm just I'm always going to Christian and I should know better. It's it's challenging when you've got. I'm going to phrase it like this: when you've got toxicity in a relationship. Yeah. Um, what's the saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Okay. And hurt hurts. Yeah. Okay. So, when you're in the middle of this cycle, mm -hmm. it's it's next to impossible for the cycle to fix itself. Right. All right. That's why you need community. That's why I believe Christ calls us to community because the greatest weapon that the enemy uses is isolation. Yeah. All right. Whenever we get hurt, whenever we get afraid, whatever, what do we do? It's like we just crawl into our cocoon, we scroll through Facebook and experience life through likes and, you know, emojis, all right, and, and everybody else's life, so we've got some connection, but we really don't, because what we've really done is isolate, and and we expect the situation to get better, and it doesn't, you know, so the emotional needs, which is what we keep coming back to in this class, understanding what our needs are. And, and I've talked a lot of times, anger is that, that um, uh, black hole. It's the black hole of emotions. You know, we just get angry. You know, or I'm just, they, they made me angry. That made me angry. You know, I can't get over the injustice. Why can't they change? Right. You know, all of, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. 
But when we can, um, like Joe and Leona had said, like Renee and Johnny have said, when we can identify the need that actually is in that anger, in that hurt, and understand a healthy way to get that need met, whether it be to come alongside a brother or a sister and, and uh, know them well enough. Again, the example that Leona, you know, know that baby well enough. Is that a cry that says I'm wet? Is that a cry that says I'm hungry? Is that a cry that says I just want to be held? Right. You know, to know you enough to understand what the need is. And from the baby's point of view, I don't know if you've ever seen babies that really don't want to be, you know, stay away from me. They don't want to be comforted. We as grown-ups, it's like I'm afraid of anyone reaching into me because I got so much junk in there that I don't want to, you know. But this whole process of allowing ourselves, and I'm saying comfort um, as a as a as a catch-all to also include appreciation. I need to be appreciated. I need to be respected. Yeah. I need to be encouraged. I need yeah. to be. Because at that moment, at the moment of the pain, there was generally a relational need or an emotional need that was not being met. And so uh, we, I heard the word validate. Or, you know, when, when, we, when we're told to move on, it, it basically says, well, the hurt didn't matter. But the hurt does matter because it hurt. Like Jean said, hurt people hurt people, and hurt hurts. So there's got to be some way to receive comfort for that hurt because without that comfort, yes, you can forgive without the comfort. You can. You can do that. You, you can knowingly, okay, I'll let my emotions catch up. I choose not to hold judgment against the person. Yeah. You, that you can go through that whole process, and God honors that process. Keep in mind, God does honor that process. But unless we receive actual comfort for that hurt. And, uh, you know, like Jean said earlier, you know, in a setting that I was in yesterday, it was perfect. She's a believer. I'm a believer. I know where the comfort ultimately comes from. It's going to come from God. He can do a much better job of that than I can. But what about in those moments where it's a family member who needs that comfort or it's a friend who may not even know Jesus or may not have the same relationship with Christ that it's we do. It's a spouse, it's a sibling, it's yeah. a parent, it's a neighbor, it's a... You know, I, I, I've told this story before. You know, Jackie broke up with a long-term boyfriend when she was like 19. And I knew, we knew that she was, potentially that was going to happen that night. She came home, I'm sitting in a rocking chair, and she's 19 years old. She crawled up into my lap and I just held her while she cried. That provides comfort for her in that moment. And, you know, it's like, it, and here's the wrong type of comfort. Well, you knew it wasn't going to work anyway. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he, he didn't have a stable job. Come on, let's face it. He wasn't going to work. And, you know, this wasn't really going to work out anyway. Okay. Well, that goes back to what you said last right. week. You know, is it the facts, logic, and reason? Yeah. You know, that we often do. You know, you saw the writing was on the wall, you know. Yeah, so you knew going into the evening that it was likely, that none of that helps really. But, you know, it's, it's, 
I, I think it's really cool that given five to ten minutes of comfort, it really doesn't take long sometimes. Just providing the five to ten minutes of comfort and meeting that emotional need, identifying what that emotional need is and meeting that emotional need can change things just like that. Okay, I'm going to read specifically from this book. Um, and they say that hurt and anger are two sides of the same pain. Consider the pain of rejection, ridicule, marriage infidelity. First is the deep hurt of loss, sad, vulnerable feelings of trust partake, betrayed, excuse me. Second, and oftentimes quickly covering the hurt feelings are the feelings of anger. Right? Someone ripped me off. Someone cheated on me. Someone disrespected me. Right? We immediately, we get hurt. And we talked about the thinking a few weeks ago. We get hurt. We skip what we're thinking. Because we don't know what we're thinking. Because sometimes we're just triggered from something that happened when we were six years old. And we just relived it, but we never got... So now we're angry, and we're not even really sure why we got angry over that circumstance. Right? I'm not the only one with that yeah, happened to. No, it's okay. Not all right? Because we go over it, all right? So we're covering it with that anger. The hurt feelings leave us violated, sanded, saddened, suffering a diminished sense of self, and vulnerable to more pain. So exposed to more pain, that anger rises up to protect us. For many, the anger feelings are so automatic that they never consciously experience the feelings of saddened hurt. Feelings of loss and the vulnerabilities surrounding them are tender feelings concerning oneself. But few can tolerate such vulnerable pain, so anger toward another rises up to distract and defend us. Thus, I hide my vulnerability and loss by being angry at you. What do you guys think of that paragraph and what it's saying? That we hide our vulnerability and loss by being angry. Can you see it? Well, I think a lot of us find comfort in the anger. We find comfort in being angry at whoever it is that set us off or whatever the history is. So it's easier to not forgive them because sometimes that's what they're asking for and you're like no I want you to hurt like I hurt right. so I'm not going to forgive you because you want them to feel the same way and then it's really distracting so it's, it's putting up that wall it's putting up that wall this hurt involves a loss to be mourned human hurt is often defined as a violation of trust that results in a loss of something deeply personal. Related to human intimacy needs, hurt is associated with the loss of these needs being met, i.e. rejection rather than acceptance, neglect rather than attention, abuse rather than security. The pain of such personal loss is to be felt, shared, expressed, validated, comforted, i.e. mourned. Unhealed hurts must still be mourned. What do you guys think of that? 
The anger of unhealed hurts may be exhibited in a variety of ways. Among them are impatience, quick temper, depression, addiction, mistrust, suspicion, self-pity, jealousy, plus the passive-aggressive behaviors, procrastinating, avoiding, silence, sarcasm, etc. Essential to healing would be working through and coming to release the anger. You don't need to reread that. <laughs> the connection between hurt and anger is very important. When forgiveness is attempted without hurt being comforted, anger may resurface at a later time. A person can understand with the mind the need to forgive, choose in the will to do so, yet leave the underlying hurt unhealed. Comfort shared through compassionate friends is what helps heal the hurt and frees the wounded one to better release and put off anger, wrath, and bitterness. And that's kind of what we talked about a little at the beginning. So the hurt though, so we have the hurt and we have to, it's, it's important to bring comfort to that hurt. And it's important to have that hurt comfort. Mm -hmm. Sometimes though we set up a desire for how we would like that hurt to be comforted and set up expectations or set up boundaries on how we would like that hurt comforted instead of allowing God to define the way in which he would like to bring comfort to the hurt. So let me expand on that a little bit. Pastor John was talking about trust and stuff like that, you know, rebuilding trust. In our relationship, God was able to bring comfort to Jean. Jean was able to receive comfort for what I did from from friends and others, and, and God was able to pour it into her. I was not in a position to actually bring comfort. But Jean could have demanded that I be the one who comforted her because I'm the one that hurt her. Jean could make that demand. I could make that demand. And I could have that expectation. Yeah. That it's his responsibility to fix the problem that he made. Right? And you hear how my entitlement. So what we're doing now is we're putting a restriction on God. Because God has an infinite number of ways to bring comfort to an individual. And it may not necessarily be the individual who, who did the hurt. Because one, they may not be capable of providing that comfort, but comfort is still needed. So what are we gonna do? If they are incapable of providing that comfort, and that's where we're looking for the comfort from, God is unable to comfort that need, that hurt. And so we're stuck in that cycle. The majority of times when we're hurt, we're either hurt because someone legitimately did something against us or were hurt because our understanding of what was done was painful. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, there's times at work where, you know, people are getting together after work or whatnot and, you know, I'm the only one in the hall that wasn't invited. It's like, okay, that hurt me, right? Well, no one knew I was there. You know, but I didn't know that. I'm just like, okay, taking it personal. So in that case, I got hurt because of my thoughts 
they don't like me, they don't want me, all right, which was a lie I was telling myself, not, okay, so that's what I'm saying, sometimes the hurt we take on is because of our, our um, the lies, yeah. um, or the way that we understand the situation, and um, the The need to be comforted in the manner that we get comfort, we can also approach two ways. When we were dealing with what we were dealing with, I could have gone to friends that tried to support me by, he's a bum. I can't believe he did that to you. You need to leave him. I mean, you got biblical right to leave him, you know, and, and, and I could have looked for support for my anger. Look for support and justification for the way that I was right and how I was wrong. Does that make sense? And I think a lot of times we do that. You mentioned that, David, earlier. You know, we, we want to stay in that anger, not necessarily for revenge, but just to say, I'm justified in this rage that I'm feeling or this anger that I'm feeling because what was done was wrong and see you've supported me in that, you've supported me in that, you've supported me in that. Well, I know in my case it feeds a need for self-worth. Okay. Mm, okay. So getting that validation in a, in a twisted kind of way mm -hmm. uh, but not being made to feel worthy or that I matter. I'm getting that fed through through the anger and the support. That's a really valid point. That's a really and that's point. really good insight into yourself. Yeah. The bottom line is we do matter and we matter so much that finding another way to be comforted where we're actually, you know, where we sit down with someone that says, hey, you know what, whether, I'm going to put it like this just for shortened, whether it was real or imagined, it still hurt. Yeah. It hurt, still and sure. in some circumstances was just wrong, period. Mm -hmm. Just wrong. You know, it's, it's, um, it's wrong that we don't get the love and attention in the manner that we need from our parents. It's wrong when we've been neglected um, or abused. It's just wrong. It's wrong when we are betrayed. It's wrong when we lose trust. It's wrong when we needed encouragement and we didn't get it. It's wrong when we're not told to um, where we're limited in our potential, where parent, people are calling us, you know, stupid or unable to, or you'll never, you know, those are all wrong statements. That's not what God's best is. Mm -hmm. um, and to call that out, and just to have someone come alongside and call that out, brings that comfort. It brings that healing. And sometimes that process needs to take some time. But with that, then we're able to recognize that, wait a second, we do have value, the experience was wrong, there was a short changing of that, 
and now we can offer forgiveness and begin that process. I think that goes to the first question. The first question was why is it hard for us to forgive? Because mm -hmm. sometimes it's in the process of it all, um, it doesn't happen right away. Like you say, the childhood stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't learn that stuff and that it was wrong until we're adults. Sure. Sure. Oh, yeah. So I think it, it's uh, the process of is the pattern of realizing it was a lifelong <laughs> thing that was said, you know, yeah. and then we grow up with that mental thought of this is what I am until we come into Christ and we begin to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and realize, wow, that was some lies spoken. Yeah. Renewing our minds. Mm -hmm. We have to renew our minds daily. So we're going to hand out something. Uh, I'll take half this one. They can meet at Renee, I guess. What's that? <laughs> Two of these? Or just no, just one piece. And just put the leftovers on the floor or something. We'll pick them up afterwards. Uh, so there, there is a process. And we wanted to give you this because this is a good... I, I don't like formulas, but this is a good process for looking at our past hurts because we talked about one and we're still going to deal with that one. But one is it's important to acknowledge and not de deny the anger because there is anger there. And it's important why well, I, I can't, <laughs> I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be angry, so I can't be angry. Okay, anger is an emotion, it's what we do with that emotion that maybe sinful or not okay and anger is actually yeah permitted yeah in your anger do, do not, not sin. sin yeah which means that as christians it's okay to be angry um, as a matter of fact we should be angry at the trafficking that's going on yeah. we should be the angry yeah. at the injustice. We should be angry at the poverty. We should be angry at the violence. You know, but we need to be angry. We need to stand up. Anger is actually motivation to do something. Anger actually provides motivation. It's fuel to actually rise up and do something. Social change. Jesus stopped on the way to the temple and made a whip. He stopped. Okay, so that, I mean, I I don't think that he went around right. beating people with it. All right, but he was angry, righteously angry over what was going on in the temple. They were making it into a, a garage sale. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was not, and I, it's not just having a garage sale in the parking lot. In the temple, it was right. it was the the, the house the of worship sale. on a continual basis. It wasn't a one day rummage sale that the church was having yeah all right the church was a place where people were coming to rip off other people all right it, it, that's righteous anger mm -hmm. that's a righteous anger yeah and then the second step is owning that anger not trying to rationalize it away and then explore the underlying hurt disappointment rejection or sadness including writing about it why would it be important to write about it? Because you have it, you have it on paper. You mm -hmm. can look at it anytime you want. And you're 
putting it out there. So Good. We get it out of you. Yeah, yeah get it out of you. It's an expression. Yeah, there's there's something about actually writing something down. Okay. There's also something that happens with the brain. Yeah. Um, the, there's the logic side of the brain, mm -hmm. and then the brain, and then the artsy side. Yeah. And when you write, it activates the artsy yep. side, and that helps somebody like me who doesn't it's not artsy, then that helps express. When they say the artsy, it's a more fluid, um, creative side. Okay. An emotional so side, actually. It's an emotional side okay. so that the processing goes more, I'm going to say cohesively, whole-brained. So you're using, you're using um, each of us will generally tend to have an initial response of more Analytical back, dot, 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 if you're um, left brain, and more feelings if you're right brain. Um, of course, injuries and everything else will change that too, but that process of writing kind of joins that whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, we all have different ways of learning as well. Um, for some people, it's important to speak this out, to talk it out as well. There's times when I'll write things and talk it, I'll, I'll read what I write. Oh, because, you'll read out loud because what you wrote. because I'm auditory. I need to, and that helps me process at a very different level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the nice thing about writing is it doesn't hurt anybody. If you find somebody, yeah, it doesn't. Who, uh, potentially, you're, there's a potential to either draw out hurts in that other person mm -hmm. and get a, a long response from them, but writing helps you to vent in a way that. You can write it, reread it, and go, oh, well, I don't really feel that way. Even though I was angry when I wrote it, it's a way to get things out where there isn't that potential to hurt someone. Okay, hey, good piece of side advice. Never, ever, 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 ever write a angry, expressive, and send it. Yeah. yeah, that's funny you said that. Yeah. My, you know, we have some similar dynamics in my family, mm -hmm. and my eldest uh, did that, and still to this day, she's looking for a response from everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like that's no, funny. but it's a lot of pain still in that. Yeah. That um, it's kind of hard for all of us as a family to come alongside and comfort that one individual, um, but it has created, you know, some pain. Just and it's like she's picked out every one of us. You did this. Yeah, you yeah, did you that, did that. You did that. You did it's that. It's like in order for I'm me to victim. come back now to the family and resolve it all, yeah. I'm gonna stay back and I'm gonna keep my wall up, and it's I, just a whole bunch of. I, and I, yeah. And I would recommend what Jean's recommended, and actually do it with pencil and paper. And here's the reason why: it's too easy to send it electronically. Yeah. Who actually mails a letter nowadays? No, hardly anyone. My mom. Okay, your mom. <laughs> your mom. Old school, old school, but still, it but takes, takes much more effort. More it effort. takes extra step in, as opposed to that send button. Good point. Mm -hmm. So it's a pencil and paper is the best way to do this. Oh, don't Be do it in an email. 
Right. One it, thing to pull a Word document yeah. up and just type. Yeah, right. but don't do it in an email. It's more harder to send accidentally. But who yeah, knows if that person that is sending the email is releasing it, is getting it out of them, but it's still not, it, it doesn't, it's like she's no. minimizing it, really. Yeah. So, okay, so we have that. And then explore the underlying unmet relational needs. So I know my feel, anger and feeling uh, sad was related to missing out on attention, as an example. Okay, so as an example, uh, Gene and I were coming back uh, Friday from Thrive, ironically, and going to Cleansing Stream, and we had to deal with some stuff in the car. And I realized that my, what I was doing was um, was not providing Jean with the security and attention she needed with respect to something. She felt as if she had to do it all on her own because of my, a response that I had given. And I recognized that. And so this is part of forgiveness too. You know, in, in working through confession and forgiveness when, with somebody, when I have offended somebody, it, it, that I, I, I expect that that may have caused you to feel this. And I always tie it back to an emotional need. And I could be wrong, but I'm not, at that point I'm giving Gene permission to correct that. Remember, we're still practicing this. You know, we still have our... Our, our days. So now, and, and then the fifth step is actually receiving comfort for the underlying hurt and missed needs. So we're going to do that right now, actually. So we're going to pause this, and we'll go over the, the last five steps. But I just, um, and let's pause for a second and get that thing that God revealed to you in your head. And now I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. Father God. Father God. How did you feel? How did you feel? Did you feel about what happened to me? About what happened to me? Just sit there for a moment. Father God. Father God. What would you like me to know? What would you like, like me to know? In this moment. In this moment. It's that process that can actually bring us comfort. Because when God shares how he feels and what he wants us to know, he usually speaks in to that hurt. 
and reaffirms the need that we've had that was lacking. So number six, separating the wrong that was experienced from the common worth and value of all people. It's at that point when the hurt is being comforted that a transition takes place because we can separate the hurt from the person. That's when we can truly separate the hurt from the person because there's a transaction that's taking place. We're receiving comfort for the hurt. And in that moment, God is comforting us as an individual. We're, we're receiving comfort as an individual. It is easier at that point to separate the hurt from the individual who did the hurt. Okay? And that's why this process actually is important. And then having the wrongness done to me as valid, step number seven, having the wrongness done to me validated, we are now validated. The feeling, the hurt that we had has now been validated you know, just now uh, potentially by God, but at least through another person, can validate the hurt. It was wrong. It was wrong, but not stopping there. Touch with that emotion. If I'm, if I'm talking to my brother, as an example, and his wife is going in for surgery, I, I'm really sorry. I know how much she means to you. And that has to, uh, I, I have no doubt you are really scared. I know in touching that emotion because it's when we touch that emotion that we can make a connection with another individual who may not even know Christ but then we can bring Christ into it we bring Christ into it not because well the Bible says but we bring Christ into it because that's what Christ did why did Christ weep shortest verse in the Bible Jesus, Jesus wept, wept. why he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Actually, he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead for two days. Yeah. And he purposely delayed it so he would die. So why did Jesus cry? To show that he was God. He's human too. Because there's not, I, there is something really powerful about a God who can raise people from the dead, right? I think there's something just as powerful about a God who can cry. Because no other God cries. No Buddhist God cries. No Hindu God cries. None of them cry. We have a God who can empathize with us and cry with us in a moment of our deepest hurt. Even though he knows everything's going to be okay. He knows that all things work together for good for those who, you know. Yeah, he wrote the verse. <laughs> all right. And then, coming to see forgiveness for my freedom and the liberty it brings, a liberty to better love and care. Now, keep it, and look at this. Step nine, recalling gratefully times when I have been forgiven, which can help prompt and empower me to forgive others. Look how far down the list that one is. How many have heard, well, Christ has forgiven you, so you need to forgive. That moves that all the way up to number one. And what it's doing is it's saying one through eight, and I again, this isn't a formula, but it's saying that it it's almost like your hurt doesn't matter what matters. And when we compare the hurt we we receive compared to what Christ had to go through, it's true. It's not nearly what he had to go through. 
and at the same time, it, not a but, and at the same time, our hurt still hurts. Yeah. It's 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 listening to that whisper and not too often that whisper of Christ you know what Pastor John brought really you know look at what I've done for you I mean do you picture Christ saying it like that but that's oftentimes the way that it's relayed you know it's really my beloved do you understand do you understand the depths of my love for you? Do you really capture how much I want to walk alongside of you? I've forgiven you. Come and join me in this. Come and join me in this. And in this process of receiving my forgiveness, you can forgive someone else. There's a big difference between Hey, he did it for you. You better do it. And what I love about this is there's a connection God makes with us emotionally first. And then he asks us to join in alongside of him. He doesn't ask us to join in alongside of him without acknowledging that he wants to bring us comfort as well. So I think that process of receiving comfort from God or receiving comfort from someone else in a godly way can actually truly help pave the way for that forgiveness to really take hold. And so that later on, that person, because here's what I've been told. You have to forgive because Christ forgave you. And the best way to get over this is to just bless that other person. I'm not, all that is true. Look how far down this list those are. We cannot forget the emotional component of that hurt. Okay, questions, comments, snide remarks? All right. Father, thank you for this time. And thank you for, for forgiving us. Because none of us actually really deserved any of that. And Lord, I just pray that as we deal with those various areas of forgiveness in our lives, Father God, where we have forgiven, but we're struggling with forgiving that whole thing over and over and over again, Father God, that you would help bring us comfort, help bring alongside people who can help provide us comfort as well. But comfort that hurt. Help us to acknowledge our anger. Help us to acknowledge all that. Acknowledge the hurt. Revisit the hurt. And Father God, where were you? when that was happening what were you feeling and what truth do you want me to know in this moment and help bring healing to those hurts so that as we go through that process of forgiveness we're able to truly release that person to you and not revisit that situation with anger and frustration but when that image is brought back up we are able to see that not only have you truly forgiven us, but we have truly forgiven that other person as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you guys very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you.